This is Canada Reads American Style, featuring two friends who love Canada Reads and Canadian literature. Welcome our host Rebecca from Michigan and Tara from Ontario. Hi everyone, it's Rebecca. And surprisingly, or maybe not, this is episode 99 of our podcast. So we are doing something a little bit interesting, I think. This was Tara's idea, and I'm going to let her explain what we're going to be working on today. Okay. Um, So first off, I'm going to say that this was not my original idea. I actually stole it from Jolene (laughs) of Bookworm Adventure Girl, so you can find her on Instagram and on YouTube. Uh, She does a, I think it was either... Last week, was it Rebecca or two weeks ago, I'd watched one of her recent videos and she did a book pairing. No, it was a couple weeks ago, but but she also just did another book pairing one. Yeah. Uh, I think for, yeah, women authors or something. I haven't heard, listened to it yet, but yeah, she has that as well. Yeah. I just saw that now while I was, uh, while we were doing our little technical difficulties, I saw that she had posted another one. So I was like, oh, I'll have to listen to that to see what her book pairing is. So anyway, sorry, there's some rambling. So Jolene, a bookworm adventure girls on YouTube and Rebecca's going to put the uh, link to the video in our show notes. She did a book pairing, a nonfiction book paired with a fiction book. I thought it was a really cool idea. And I suggested to Rebecca that we try it because I would love to know one. I wanted the fun of picking, doing a pairing myself, but I also wanted to hear what Rebecca would pair together. Yeah, well, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited about this. I thought it was a great idea for our episode 99, as I said. And mm-hmm. we did start the uh, podcast with some technical difficulties. So I'm going to try and just do some Zen calm, yeah. calming. <laughs> just talking about books. That's all Absolutely. we're doing. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so I think we'll let you, you're going to start, right? Okay, I will start. Um, what's funny is when I first heard Jolene do this, I'm like, oh my God, that sounds so fun. Bam, bam, easy peasy. It was not as easy as I thought it was going to be when I actually sat down to do it. So maybe my process, I don't know what Jolene's process was like. Mine was I went through my nonfiction books that I've read over the last year or so, chose one that I really wanted to highlight, and then decided to choose a fiction book that kind of to pair with it and it was a little more difficult than I thought but I actually really enjoyed the process so yeah enough of that yeah I kind of did it the same way too uh, yeah. I actually had a nonfiction title that I wanted to promote so that one just immediately I just thought of it immediately but yeah it was kind of an interesting challenge to find mm-hmm. something that would pair with it so yeah did you find it difficult to find a fiction book to pair with it it did in a way but then when I finally realized what I wanted to talk about, again, it was a book that I've book. These are two books that I'll talk about that I haven't mentioned, well, really talked about at all before. So that's why I was really looking for that, trying to find things that I haven't talked about in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I have Sheila Rogers to thank for my <laughs> fiction pairing awesome. because I was listening to a recent episode of an interview that she did with the author. And I was like, that book sounds like it would be perfect to go with my nonfiction book. So I actually uh, broke my book budget for the month (laughs) and ran out and bought it and read it recently. And it was an excellent book. So anyways, on to my pairing. So my nonfiction book 
is a few years old. It was published in 2019, and it is A Mind Spread Out on the Ground by Alicia Elliott. So Alicia Elliott is an Indigenous uh, author from Six Nations here in Ontario, so the from the Haudenosaunee. And this book is a collection of essays. I found a, sorry, here I'm going to find my notes. And Tanya Talaga, who's the author of Seven Fallen Feathers, Racism, Death, and Hard Truths in a Northern City, who Rebecca did an interview with, and it's a wonderful one, and you can find it on episode 35. I just did a shameless plug for you, Rebecca, because that was a really great interview. Anyways. Yeah, and let me just say, too, to this day, after episode, again, 99 or 98 episodes, it is our number one most downloaded and listened to podcast is the one with Tanya. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great one. And she did a little blurb on the book, and she described it as a collection of, and here starts the quote, engagingly thoughtful, painfully poignant, and engaging essays on race, love, and belonging. And I'm like, that is a perfect description of it. So it's several, it covers topics of mental illness, indigenous culture, history, racism, sexual assault. It's, it's not an easy book to read. But Elliot is a beautiful writer. She is, her writing is fierce. It's witty. She's got these metaphors that she's pulled out and I'm just amazed at some of them when I was reading it. So it's not easy reading and you feel uncomfortable at times, but you know that it's something that you should be reading. And I, and at the same time, you also really enjoy the reading experience because she is that good. Her writing is that good. Yeah. I've seen a number of people over the, I think it's been out for a couple of years, I think. Right. And I've seen other people recommend it and uh, it's on my long list of to be read. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. It's worth it. I picked it up from the library this week in preparation for this episode and started flipping through it again. I was like, Oh, that's, Oh my God, that was such a good essay. Oh, that's, she's amazing. She's a great writer. And, uh, some of her essays, too, in the writing uh, the writing style are very experimental, but like in a cool way, not in a way that you're, uh, that's not accessible. It's just yeah. they're very interesting essays. Oh, I think it's an excellent choice. Excellent yeah, choice. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. And so then my, so that book was published in 2019 for my book, fiction book that I'm pairing with it. I'm choosing a new book that was just published uh, in March of this year, and it is Daughters of the Deer by Danielle Daniel. So Danielle Daniel is also an Indigenous writer. This book is a historical fiction. It takes place in the 17th century in New France, which we now know as Quebec. And it is the story of an Indigenous woman, Marie, who feels compelled to marry a white settler in order to protect her tribe. And it's the story of her and then her their, their two-spirited daughter, Jean. And it is a beautiful story. Again, it covers a lot of the same issues that Alicia Elliott covers in her essays. 
which is interesting when it's one is set in the 1600s and the other one is written in 2019. But it's beautiful. Her characters are amazing. Not only the two main women, but even her portrayal of Marie's husband, the I believe he's Irish that she marries. It's and her family. It's it's just a really beautiful book, and I loved it. And you said in your Instagram post, I think that there was was I mean, there's romance. So is this a yeah? This so this is a relationship she that was a good relationship for her in a sense. I'm with this white settler. Is that um, kind of it or? ends up being a good relationship, mm-hmm. but it is not one that she would have willingly chosen. Yeah, she yeah she was. I, I don't want to use the word forced because she was not physically forced to marry him, but she felt compelled by her obligations to her tribe to marry yeah. him for the safety of her tribe. They were being attacked uh, by settlers and also by the Iroquois. So she was, they were hoping that being by the indigenous women marrying white settlers, they would be given more uh, security. Yeah, that one sounded fantastic. Yeah. When you first told me that you were going to be reading that one, I looked it up and I and I thought, uh oh, it looked really, yeah. it, it looked a little challenging to me in in some ways. I don't know why, but when I saw your post, I thought, oh my gosh, it's definitely going on my list. It sounds yeah. fantastic. Yeah, and yeah. and the writing again was beautiful. Like it just, the it was not a difficult book to read in the best possible way. And I'm not saying that it was a simple book because it wasn't. Yeah. It was just that her writing was perfect in order to get the meaning and get across her message and the story. And I should say too, the reason I think sometimes things seem challenging to me Mm -hmm. is I know it's always, it's that historical perspective that I don't know it some and then if it's like a if it's a long history of a family because you were saying recently you were telling me how you like sort of family sort of epic generational yeah. stories and yeah. I was trying to think and I thought oh my gosh I don't really think I read those I couldn't really even think of something that I had read that maybe is like a sweeping story of a family generationally yeah. and I think that's a hang up of mine so I have to get over that for sure Okay. Yeah. Well, you know what? You don't even have to worry about that with this book. So even though it's two generations. Oh, it's only two. Um, oh, okay. It's only two. And oh, okay. so the mother, Marie, it starts out, I think the first year is 1657. I should be able to check right here in my book. And then it jumps ahead about 20 years to 1675. Okay. Yes. So 1657 and 58. And then I think it's 1675 is the second half of the book. So you get the daughter's story. Okay but with her parents still involved. So it okay. doesn't seem like this epic story. Okay, good. I, I'm, yeah. I'm probably confusing it with what the other book that you just recently read, I think. That, oh, I think yes, there was one. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so, all right, that's good. Well, this one yeah. definitely is going to go on my list. It sounds fantastic. Yeah, so. it's beautiful. I highly recommend it. I, I loved it even more than I thought I would. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. And in pairing it with uh, Alicia Elliott's book, it's funny how, so even though this takes place in the 17th century, how those issues have carried on 400 years mm. later. You know, or, oh my gosh, yeah. is it almost 500? Is my math? No, 400. Um, yeah. You know, like with colonialism, racism, of course, the, oh, I just had another word in my mind and it's totally gone. Sorry, Rebecca. 
oh, missing and murdered Indigenous women. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's all here, two-spirit characters. It's, it's the same story that we're getting now, but you're getting the historical context for it almost. Yeah. yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Okay, well, two excellent pairings, or two, I, I should say an excellent pairing of those two books, so that's great. I'm not sure. Mine, mine might be a little odd. No, <laughs> I want to we'll hear. I, I love odd, so bring it on. <laughs> okay. So when you said it, as I said earlier, I immediately thought of this book because I, I know people have read it. And I think when I posted about it uh, a few years ago, people commented and said, oh, it sounds good. But I don't know that a lot of people in our circle had read it. But the book, I, my nonfiction title that I selected is The Five the Untold Lives of the Women Killed by Jack the Ripper. And it was written by historian Hallie Rubenhold, and it was published in 2019, as your book was as well. Mm -hmm. And it is about, I, I looked this up because when I, I heard an interview with her, and I wasn't sure what this, how the context of this, but it is about the canonical five women that were most likely to have been linked to Jack the Ripper, because apparently there were two murders prior to these five that they that they think maybe but it, it's not confirmed in some way i mean okay. although it's hard to confirm any of this i guess in many ways because they don't know who did it um and then there was another four after the the five and the five are Polly Nichols Annie Chapman Elizabeth Stride Catherine Eddowes and Mary Jane Kelly. And the reason I'm reading their names is because this nonfiction account of the, the lives of these women completely changed the story of Jack the Ripper in many ways, right? Because the women have always, it's always been, the way I learned it too was, it was, um, he murdered prostitutes, right? Yeah. That's yeah. the story we've all been sold. And like a lot of things in history, we've been sold a certain story that isn't true. <laughs> and so she did this incredible primary source, re primary source research. And even before she published her book, there were people, I hate to say, but mostly men, yeah. who have written and, been, and, and made Jack the Ripper's mythology their life's work. And they took her to task before the book even came out. Wow. It was unbelievable the crap she took from others. But what she did was she tells the story of these women. And she said there is no evidence that three of the five were involved in sex work. Four of them were in their 40s. The last victim, Mary Jane Kelly, was 25. None of them were from Whitechapel. And their only crime was they lived in poverty, they experienced homelessness, and also they were governed by laws that made women's lives hell at the end of the 19th century. And what I love about this book is that we know nothing of the murders. Like she, so if you like true crime, this is not your book. If you like social history, this is your book. Because the, she stops each of the stories of the, there's five sections to it, obviously. She stops before, I mean, right at the point at which they're going to be murdered. 
because that's not important. Because these women, if you look it up on Wikipedia, all it says is their name and all the things that happen to their bodies. Yeah. There's nothing about these women. And in fact, it's weird too, because it also says like under victims, it says unknown. And you're like, wait a minute. And then when you read the article, the rest of Wikipedia, it does list the women's names. But her whole point in doing this was these were women who have the right to be known. They weren't just prostitutes. They weren't just forgettable people. They had lives. And she goes in and under and you you start to learn about they were married, they were widowed, they maybe remarried or hooked up with a man to be safe, because some of them, because they were experiencing homelessness or addiction, they were safer being connected to a man. Even if the man didn't treat them so well, they were still connected and had some safety because they weren't just living on their own. And the stories, these stories are so compelling that you get, I mean, you sort of, I lived with this book for so long that I felt like I knew each of these women. She tells, she, she's an incredible writer. So anyway, I could go on forever and I will not go on forever, (laughs) but I will just encourage you to pick up this book and give these, validate these women. Yeah. Because history has just screwed them over. You know, they were murdered. They were just a body to describe, you know, especially too when they were murdered, you know, those newspapers just, you know, told the most, you know, heinous stories about their bodies and everything. And she makes them human. So I love that about it. So anyway, that's my nonfiction book. Nope. Great choice. And I think not only to validate the victims, but also her as an author. Because oh my gosh. I remember here, I did hear she was attacked for yep. writing this book. Yep. And they wanted to silence her. So the yeah. more of us that read the book, the better. This is like, yeah. And it's, and you know, Jack the Ripper, it's, it's a probably a billion dollar industry around the world. You know, there's all kinds of things related to it. And she came out and told a story that had not been told before. Mm-hmm. And it's because all we cared about was, oh, the serial killer. Yeah. You know, that that's all we cared about and how he mutilated them. But what I love about the book, again, is that you don't know about that part of it. You get to live with these women and how they how they experienced their lives. And that other part d- doesn't matter. The fact that they were the victims, that part, let's not dwell on that. Let's talk about them as women who lived really hard lives. And yeah. um, anyway, and we're dismissed. So, okay. Now, the book I'm pairing it with okay. is because I just think that Hallie Rubenhold, she did such an amazing job of creating women that we care about that I wanted to talk about one of the, my favorite female characters in, in fiction. And that is Carol Jordan, who is part of the Tony Hill Carol Jordan mystery series written by Val McDermott who is a Scottish writer who was a crime writer, uh, a newspaper crime writer back in the day. And she has since throughout her career, she's written five different mystery series, seven standalone titles. And within, in the Carol Jordan series, there are 11 books in the series. They started out in 1995 and it's, 2019 was the last one. She usually writes about every two years, but she just wrote a new book, a new series. She started a new series. 
And I was like, okay, uh, it's been three years now. Yeah. Where's my next Carol Jordan, Tony Hill series? Like yeah. I'm, I'm dying. So basically this is not for people who like cozy mysteries, if that's your thing. This is for people who read graphic crime mysteries. Okay. The first book in the series is called The Mermaid Singing, and it's really graphic. It's it's really difficult if you are squeamish. But I had a friend who I she likes mysteries, and so I recommended it, but I didn't realize what kind. And she said, Oh my God. She said I couldn't even get past like the whatever chapter it was. And she I think she never took a book recommendation from me ever again (laughs) after that. But what I want to say about this, in, t- in 2002, they made a TV series that lasted for six seasons, a British series. It oh. was called Wire in the Blood with Robson Green, who okay. is currently in the Grantchester uh, series, and Hermione Norris, who is one of my favorite English actresses, and I have a huge girl crush on her. I love her so much. She plays Carol Jordan. So here's my long-winded point about how I'm pairing these two. Val McDermott has the ability to write characters, serial characters who develop over time and you get to know them probably better than you know yourself. I mean, they are so layered. They are flawed characters, which I love. And so Tony Hill is a forensic or is a clinical psychologist and Carol Jordan is a, a detective chief, chief inspector. And she's, they're always, trying to solve the crime of a serial killer and Tony Hill is brought in as the psychologist to help them. You know, he kind of does profiling, but Val McDermott has both of her characters go through things that I don't think your average author of series does. I mean, there have been times when I've been reading them and my mouth just drops open and then the book ends and I'm just like, wait a minute, what? Are you kidding me? Things happen to the, to the to the characters that you just don't expect, which I love because usually when you read a series, you know that your your main character is always going to be okay. Yeah. Val McDermott does not do that. Her characters are not okay. And in fact, there was one, I never read about what a book is about before I read it. And I'm glad I didn't in this case, because one of the books, a few, few books back, after I was done reading it, and my seriously, like it ended on, I just can't even believe how it ended. I went back and then started reading reviews and comments, and she had actually asked all of her readers beforehand, please don't say anything. Don't, don't do any spoilers. Please let my readers read it and, and get it in the moment. And I'm glad I did because it was, it just like blew my socks off. So I'm telling you, if you like good graphic serial killer mysteries, pick up the um, Tony Hill, Carol Jordan series. But the thing I, okay, I gotta, I keep kind of jumping all over the place because there's just a million things I want to say, but Carol Jordan, the character, she is one of the most deeply flawed female characters that is so well developed that I ache for her when I'm reading it. She just can't, like, she just can't get things together. But over the course of all the years, so it's been 24 years that the series has existed from book one all the way to the, to the last book in the series so far, she's a real woman. And that's why I was thinking that's how these two, that's how, that's how my pairing is, is that Ruben Hold was able to, to tell us who these women were 
And Val McDermott tells us who Carol Jordan is in this profound, beautiful, painful way. So yeah, that's oh, my parent. Sign me up. I'm I'm convinced. Yeah. I how I've not heard of this author. I know. That is what, what gets me. Is that and people, I read these books. You know, she's um she's been around for a really long time. And as I said, she has all these books, all these series, and they're graphic. So I don't know if people steer clear of them for that. And the only reason I picked it up was quite frankly, I saw the the uh, TV series uh, back in 2002 when it started, and I actually own the series on DVD. I fell in love with the characters in the show, and so I immediately started reading the books. And the books, of course, are always way better than you know movies yeah. or TV. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying is that Val McDermott's ability to create pain and angst and trauma and put it in a way that you want to read it is just a gift. I think she's incredible. Okay. I'm, I've, I'm already, I'm getting it from the library. I don't know why yeah. I haven't found this before. <laughs> yeah. That is, okay. We have, you and I seem to like painful books. This is. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> and what I found really cool. Okay. So we did not discuss our book pa- pairings beforehand. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't discuss and coordinate all four of our books are written by women with strong female characters. Wow. Right? There I you know. go. Yep. Yep. Having said that, though, can I, I'm going to go back to my book. Sure. I'm going to go back to Daughters of the Deer because I, of course, love the two main women, Marie and Jean. But I want to shout out also to her, Danielle, Daniel, when she wrote, so Pierre is the man that Jean, uh, Marie marries. Uh, a white settler, Catholic, highly religious. She did an amazing job with him because you want to not like him. Like Mm -hmm. I was expecting to not like him right from the beginning because he wanted to marry Marie. She did not want to marry him. She told him she would marry him, not wanting to, but she was going to do it. And he was still fine with that. So I'm like, I don't like this guy. Why do you like... (laughs) Why do you like want someone to marry you even though they don't want to? Like, why are you okay with that? I was prepared to not like him, yeah. but she showed his struggle with his faith and with the struggle between his faith and his love for his family because mm. they do end up being a family and he loves his wife and his daughter dearly. And he saw how his society and his faith was mistreating them and I know and I was just I'm like I was expecting to love the female characters I was not expecting to love him and I also loved him that's really incredible that she was able to do that because I agree with you it's not something I would have expected yeah um so that's there are male characters you will hate yeah that's good that's okay (laughs) yeah yeah well, it yeah. kind of reminds me of uh, the Seed Keeper because it was the same thing where it was an indigenous yeah. woman who ends up marrying a white man, and it's because they're both really lonely and they both can, you know, work together to work the land, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But at first, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I love this romance because they're both two really lonely people who find each other." But yeah. that's not how it ultimately ends up. And so I was kind of like, oh, bummer, you know. But this one, it's nice yeah. that there's kind of a, 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 an actual relationship. Let's say that. I haven't read The Seed Keeper. What year was that set in? 
It was, it's actually historical and modern. It was so beautiful. It was my favorite book of, was it last year? I can't remember now. I think it was last year and I still haven't read it yet. But I'm, and they, and they, it's funny because for pairing, people said, um, some reviews had said that, what's that one that you've read? Oh, Braiding Sweetgrass. Yes. They said that if braiding sweetgrass had been fictional, it would have been the seed keeper. So I think that it's, had I read braiding sweetgrass, maybe that would have been my pairing, interestingly enough. But yeah, yeah, so the seed keeper, I highly, that one, of course, I continue to recommend to people. Jolene, thank you for giving us a really cool challenge to work with. I thought that was really fun. That was fun. We should do it again sometime. Yeah, I, I like that kind of yeah. thinking. And I and interestingly, too, I just realized that both of my authors, yours were both Canadian authors, yeah, Indigenous authors, and mine, I had English and Scottish. So I was, I was right. in the UK. So there you go. I like the balance. Yeah, yeah. I do too. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to throw something out at you. Okay. We kind of talked about it, but not in great detail. But I wanted to ask you how you rate books because... I see people all the time, whether it's on Instagram or on Goodreads, and we're giving it how many stars or whatever out of five usually. And I was listening to a podcast recently where these two guys were talking about, one of them gave gave it, what did I tell you? It was like 4.25. Oh, yeah. And then the other one had given it like a 4.1 or something. And I went, okay, come on. Like, Really? <laughs> Anyway, so that made me start thinking like, well, how do you rate your book? So how do you decide how many stars you give a book? Okay. I don't use a star system. Oh. Yes. I used to. So I only rate my books. I I don't go on Goodreads anymore. I haven't been on for a couple of years just because I, I was spending too much time on Goodreads looking at other books and not actually reading. (laughs) So I, I got away from Goodreads. So I just keep like a paper book journal. Mm-hmm. So, and in that I do rate each book that I read. And I used to do a star one because that's everything I'd heard was a star rating system. Mm-hmm. But then I was like two and a half stars, three. I didn't know. I, I wasn't really happy with the star rating system. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I got this from. I feel like I heard this on a podcast or somewhere. I give it a grade, like a letter oh. grade. Yeah. So because then I find you have like your A, but you have like an A plus or an A minus. You know what I mean? Like I just oh. found to me, it just made more sense. I'm like, sometimes a book is an A, like a good solid A. And sometimes you're like, it's almost an A, but not quite. So it's it, I find it has more flexibility than a star system. I love this. Right. And then you can give it like an A plus is like a book that I will never forget is an yeah. A plus. Yeah. You can even throw in an extra plus. What the heck? It's your, you know, like it's, it's my book. If I want to throw in like two pluses, I've sometimes given a B and a B is like for a mediocre book that I was just like, well, that was a fine read. You know, like I'm, it didn't wow me, but I'm not disappointed that I read it. Yeah. Have I given a C? I don't think so because I'm at the point now where I will, if I'm not enjoying a book after mm-hmm. If it's a chore to read a book, I will stop reading the book. Yeah. And then I just call it a DNF, did not finish. So I won't bother give it a letter grade. I won't okay. even like, it, I guess potentially it could be an F, but it didn't real, really fail because I didn't finish it. Mm-hmm. So I haven't gone below a B. I may have given a B minus, but that's how I do it. 
can I steal your system? Because I love that. Yes. Okay. I'm all over that. So from now on, when I give a book, when I rate a book on Instagram, I'm going to give it, you know, well, plus when I write it down too, because, but see, I keep all, I keep track of all my write, all my books in Goodreads, which only gives you one through five. In fact, they don't even give you a zero. Or something like, yeah. like a DNF or something. I think they. Yeah. I think I can't believe Goodreads has been around a, as long as it has, and it doesn't have a better system for rating. Yeah. Because the rating you, system hasn't changed since it first started. Yeah, it's and yeah. it's ridiculous too because I think it needs a DNF. I think people need to know. I think it would yeah. be interesting to know. Hey, if somebody started it, how many people started it and didn't finish it? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that would be interesting. But I get stuck on too many books get a five in my mind. Yes. And that's why I love this A and B and everything. Oh my gosh, yeah. I'm totally going to switch. But what I've done is I would say it like this. If a book, if there's a book that I would recommend to every single human being I know, <laughs> then I give it a five because I loved it so much that I think everyone would benefit from reading it. And I'm yeah. not going to lie. I have, a, <laughs> I have a lot of fives. Yeah. I give a lot of fives because I, I just think they're, and it's a wide variety of books, right? I mean, it's yeah. like any. I, I think of a million different ones I've given fives to. Yeah. I have, uh, I have two. Yeah. 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 And I, so anyway, and then a four for me is a four that I go, I really liked it, but I don't think this yeah. is a book for everybody. Like, yeah. I don't know that everybody would like this book. I like it maybe because, you know, I like a lot of some weird things. Right. Yeah. And then a three is because I feel the way you do about authors in terms of they work really hard and I'm never going to write a book. I don't have that kind of talent. And the fact that they were able to write a book, I don't think anyone should really get below a three. So a three for me would be sort of like, yeah, it was okay, but I I have to honor you because you did write it. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) I mean, really. And then I, yeah. And I, and, but because I'm stuck with whole numbers, yeah, that's why there's no, there's no shade shading of it. No, there's no grading to it. It's just, Heart, you know, whole numbers. Yeah. And I have had a couple twos. I went back and looked and I haven't had a couple twos. I was going to say, I think you're being generous with your threes, actually, with your three stars. Oh, you if think it's so? like a book that you were like, eh, eh, about, because for me, even three stars is not bad for a book. Like if I go on Goodreads and see a, a book that's rated, well, maybe like three and a half stars, I'm like, yeah. still like, yeah, I'll give it a chance. Yeah. Yeah. No, I really, if I, I usually look for seriously with Goodreads yeah. because I know, you know, there's just so, such a wide variety of people's opinions about books. Yeah. I sort of feel like if it's a four, four and a half, I feel like I'm going to like it. Yeah. But something under the, under that, I just sort of kind of go, eh, I'm not oh, so sure. But I have given a couple of twos and I've actually, I think, given a picture book a two because oh. there have been some picture books that I thought, okay, like whether it's the the text and the the illustrations didn't go well, or I felt yeah. like they just completely missed the boat or whatever. I don't know, but I don't like my rating system, which is why I wanted to ask the question. And I'm hearing your system for the first time ever, and I'm loving it, and I'm going to start doing it. So thank yeah. you. This was like fantastic to know this. You're welcome. I, when you first mentioned that you were like, oh, let's also discuss this. And I'm like, oh, yes, let's. Because I'm like, I haven't told anyone, not that it's like a big secret. It's not that I haven't kept it a secret. No one else has asked. Okay, let's be honest. No one else has asked me, Tara, how do you rate your books? 
it doesn't happen in my life. It just, except for you, Rebecca. But you no know, but interestingly though, seriously, you know, I don't know anyone else that does it the way you do it. Cause everybody gives like stars or, and they'll even do yeah. like four and a half stars or something. But your system makes so much sense because it gives you so much more latitude yes. to be able to really think about it. And yeah. so. And everyone kind of knows what a B is. Yeah. Right? Like for mm -hmm. everyone, B is kind of. You can yeah. say someone is a B or they got a B doing something and everyone's like, oh, yeah, well, that's a good yeah, job. Exactly. You know, not bad. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I don't think I just thought this up myself. I will swear that I heard it somewhere that yeah. someone on a podcast, a book podcast mentioned it. And I went, same as you. I went, that sounds good. I'm yeah. going to try that. But I don't know anyone else that's doing that. So that's why I think it's really amazing to this late in my life to discover a whole different way to do yeah. it, which uh, is fantastic. So I am all over it. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. You are welcome. Thank you for asking. <laughs> yeah. And I just want to mention to everybody that we are going to be doing a special podcast for the next one because it will be our 100th Yay. podcast. And so I don't think we'll talk about it quite yet. We'll, uh, you know, when we get it all together, but it'll be out probably, when, when did we say like mid-September, I think that we'll have think it out? mid-September. We're yeah. recording maybe end of August, is that yeah. right? Or beginning of September? Beginning yeah. of September. Yeah, we'll be doing yeah. that. And because Tara and her family have some vacation plans coming up. And so yes. uh, we are pushing things back a little bit. Summer is kind of a slower period for us just in general, because there's a lot of vacation time. but. Yeah, we're really excited that we have made it to 100 almost, yep. and uh, we hope that you enjoy what you listen to and that, that you'll continue to stay with us for the next 100 That's episodes. right. Yeah. That's right. We had to start planning for 200 soon. Oh, well, let's go for 150. Well, you know what we will be? No, what I will say that what we're planning to, though, is we are coming up, we think by the end of the year we might be at 10,000 downloads, which is yeah. pretty significant, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So if we, we're going to have something special yeah, for our 10,000th. Yeah, we'll have a plan for that. Yeah. And we hope that you'll continue to listen and maybe go back and look at some past interviews that we've done. Some of the ones I've just really loved, like Jesse Thistle was amazing. Mm -hmm. Corey Doctorow is still, I told him at the time that he is the smartest human being I've ever spoken to directly in my life. That, that man's brain is just on a completely different level on this planet. It's just incredible. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. I also loved your, um, you did one, oh my gosh, I can't remember the author's David Hiska. Oh yeah. David Hiska Wandley Wyden. Oh my gosh. Yes, that was one that of my was favorites. Amazing. Yeah. That was yeah, a for, great interview. Yeah. For Winter Counts. He's an incredible, yeah, he's an yeah. incredible author as well. So yeah. So if you haven't heard those, we encourage you to go back and, and listen to those as well. So yeah. All right. And join us for episode 100. Woohoo! Thank you for joining us on our bookish journey. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing Canada Reads American Style wherever you listen. You can connect with the podcast and Rebecca on Instagram at Canada Reads American Style and with Tara at On a Branch Reads. Until next time, keep reading.